Well, that wasn't fun. Welcome to a sad post-Hurricanes loss to the LSU Tigers in the Lone Star Showdown turn Lone Star Letdown version of the Miami Sports Podcast. Clay Ferrero here, Dookie Lang along with me, and Will Manso hopefully able to fly into South Florida from the Dallas metropolitan area. I know there's some weather out there, but this is not going to be a long one tonight. I, I don't know that there's a lot to break down, certainly not on the positive side, but Dookie, a lifelong Hurricanes football fan, your thoughts? Very disappointing. Um, that was my main emotion. You know, I, I think part of it is when you're producing a pregame show, one of your tasks is to take the allotted time that you have and to make fans excited about the product that's coming up on your air. So, you know, we spend a long time putting these things together and we're kicking around ideas. And especially when um, the Miami Hurricanes have their first game on Local 10 and we have a big special, we're sending Will to Dallas. This is a big deal. We're at practice a lot. We're listening to sound a lot. So we were really, really invested in this team. And I think as a product of spending so much time getting ready for this season, I tricked myself into thinking that they may be further along than they already are. And, you know, I mean, truthfully, as we said, you know, I'm a lifelong Miami Hurricanes fan. I grew up around the program. I love the Canes. And it's just this desire to have them be back. And so here they have this spotlight game, Sunday night, 730 ABC, week before the NFL starts, not another game in sight, a capacity of 80,000. Apparently, there were just under 70 at Jerry World. Just a great opportunity against an SEC team, and it just didn't go well. And and so my main emotion as I sit here at 1244 on Labor Day in the morning <laughs> uh, is just really, really big, big disappointment. And... Uh, you know, it's obviously not the end of the season. It was not a conference game. They have some problems. They've now lost four straight games. The Pittsburgh game when they were 10-0. and Then they got shellacked in the ACC championship game. Then they turned around and lost the Orange Bowl. And now they turned around and lost their opener at LSU. So that's four straight losses for a team that started with 10 straight wins. So you look at the program and you say, where are you? Where are you? Since you mentioned the fans, before I forget, shout out to Hurricanes fans that made the trip. Uh, the announcers commented on it a few times. I think there was this expectation, and, and not just by national media, not just by LSU fans and media in Baton Rouge. I, I think people expected LSU fans to take over that joint, and, and it was 50-50. The announcers said on there it was 50-50. I heard other people saying maybe 55-45 LSU, but uh, props to Hurricanes fans. You made the trip. You did the you proud, so well done by you. Uh, and Dukey, I know you're a fan, so um, the natural inclination is you can kind of sway a little bit too far to one side or sure. the other. We all do it, positively and negatively. I'm going to say a little more in the middle on this, and I'll get to that in a moment. But first, our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you, there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke, Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium in Pembroke Pines. So 
the Hurricanes, this was a disappointing loss. I don't think there's any way around that. I still think they're the best team in the Coastal Division in the ACC. I still think that this is a team that can compete for a spot in uh, not just the college football, not just the ACC championship game, but also if you get there and things fall your way, yes, some miraculous occurrence and you beat Clemson, there is an outside chance that if this team runs the table, they could make the ACC title game. So I- I'm not giving up on the season yet. I'm not throwing in the towel because we've seen it too much in college football now where teams can have a disappointing loss early in the season and find a way to come back. Malik Rozier or Rozier, we I think Malik Rozier is much better than Malik Rozier. Needs, Let's just start there. It needs to find a way to become the quarterback that I think Kane, the Canes were hoping that he had developed into because he did not show it on Sunday night. And I understand Mark Rick said that, yes, we, we, we dug ourselves a little bit of a hole, and he, he's not wrong in that. But there were chances to make plays, and Rozier did not make them. And and if you're going to make that run, there are going to be times this year where the chips are going to be down and throw all the cliches out there, and you need your quarterback to make a play. You need him to hit, hit Brevin Jordan in the seam. You need him to hit Jeff Thomas down the field and not just on a deep ball where you throw it up there and let Thomas make a play. There were a couple of times where Rozier had a chance to make a throw, a college-level throw, and he couldn't make it. And that's going to be the difference between this team potentially going 8-4, and 9-3, and three. Or potentially going ten and two, eleven and one, and making this another special season. Clay, you're gonna you're gonna sit here and talk to me about the coastal. I mean, I mean, like, well, well, this, with, the with, ACC with, still there. Listen, and, with with all due respect, I, I, I again, it's I, I'll put it back on my objective hat shortly. But currently, I'm wearing a turnover chain shirt, which, by the way, we didn't see, didn't see the turnover chain. Heard about the turnover chain, wearing a turnover chain shirt. My mother's wearing a turnover chain shirt on her birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. And, um, yeah, we sat here last week. I'm looking at where Randall Hill was sitting. And uh, if you told Randall Hill that the University of Miami would go out on national TV, be involved in a little fracas with some trash talking against LSU, get in their face, and then go out and go down 33-3, to you're going to talk to me about the Coastal? Yay! Look, Listen, I, the, to me, the Coastal, I understand. Like, I, I, I get it because, you know, your college football background is from Virginia Tech, and they're in the Coastal. So if from a Virginia Tech perspective, obviously, if, 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 if Miami-Virginia Tech is for the Coastal, it's going to be a huge game. We're going to get excited about it. I don't mean to, like, poo-poo the Coastal because it's obviously – you know, one of their goals. You can't you can't get to the ACC championship game if you don't win the Coastal. You can't really get into the college football playoff unless you win the Coastal. But, I, and maybe it's PTSD from the Al Golden era, just hearing the Coastal, the Coastal, the Coastal. But what I always say about that is before Al Golden came to the University of Miami, and I follow Miami football and I follow Duke basketball. I love the ACC. I, I love everything. I love, I love ACC sports. I did not know that the Miami Hurricanes played in the Coastal until Al Golden got here because I didn't care because I wanted because I wanted my, because I thought of and 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 it could be you know a, the the arrogance of of growing up around five rings and and the expectations being unreasonable but to go into a national game like that I, at this moment the Coastal is no consolation obviously it's better I mean again we're taping this on 
Monday morning at 12.50 where Virginia Tech plays Florida State tomorrow night. And either team, regardless of how that game turns out, either Florida State or Virginia Tech, loser of that game is going to be in a tougher spot because it's a conference game. So, yes, Miami gets a tiny break in that the the embarrassment of going down 33 to 3 and we could we could talk about the touchdowns that they got late and maybe they showed a little fight but i mean they were down by 30 points and that sort of you know that sort of effort and and coming out like that it's it was just for me it just overwhelmingly feels like a wasted opportunity they started the season ranked 8th in the AP ranked 8 ranked 8th in the coaches i would imagine now they would drop somewhere into the teens, right? We don't we don't know where in the teens. And even, you know, the next the next 4 weeks are kind of easy leading up to Florida State. Florida State's going to be a really tough challenge. Then there's some easy games in there. Then they're going to have to go to Virginia Tech, which is probably going to be the toughest game of the year. And then if everything breaks right, the Canes maybe get Clemson in the ACC. All of these things to say that ultimately as as Mark Rick told Will Manso during our pregame show, he said that it's a little bit of a beauty pageant. The, you know, the way the voters sort of determine and, and the way this thing and boy, you, you put a you put you go down 30 on national TV when you're the only game in town. That's that's not going to help your cause later on in the year. I, I get it. And and I get having PTSD your term when you're talking about yes. the coastal. But you can't look at it like that. Not in college football now, because you win the coastal, then you have a chance to beat Clemson. And, and I'm not let me be perfectly clear on this. I think where college football is now It is Alabama and Clemson at the top with Alabama with a slight edge over Clemson. And I only say it because I think Clemson has better quarterbacks. I think Tua Tagovailoa is going to be good. You said that so well, by the way. What we saw from Trevor Lawrence over the weekend, in addition to Kelly Bryant, if you gave me right now Clemson or Alabama and you take the field for the next three national championships, I will gladly take Clemson or Alabama in each of the next three years. I think they are that far ahead of everybody. You're right. And I do think, by the way, that Ohio State and Georgia have the potential to get up there, and Georgia certainly recruiting well enough, they'll be fine. There is a gap after those four teams. I think Georgia and Ohio State could kind of crack that upper tier of two in the next couple of years, potentially. I don't think anyone else can, and I think that includes Miami. And that's just where we are right now in the landscape of college football. So I get it, and I, and I think, look, if if you I, I'm getting, being I'm being I'm being emotional. No, about and, this, I, and I which I, I'm that. I'm like I'm I, I I will put on a more analytical cap. I mean, this is just right no. after a week leading up to this, and 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 you're talking logically about the coastal, and you're right logically, but God, the opportunity was there to make a national statement, and they they didn't. Well, and that's fair, and, and I understand that. So, I, and and maybe it's easier for me to take a longer range view of this thing. Uh, yes, you fell behind by. Uh, <laughs> it was not pretty. Because um, yeah, because thirty three seventeen is not reflective of the game. It was thirty three to three. It, it was, and then it Miami was. added two fourth quarter touchdowns that ultimately proved to be, you know, but window, lo- window dressing. But look, I'm looking at the stats right now. Miami had more first downs. They had more total yards. They had more yards per pass attempt. I, I mean, they were. <laughs> you and I said this while it was getting bad, and it was actually at halftime. I said, look. Miami, I don't feel like LSU is the better team in this game. I feel like Miami is doing things that were just so silly, just consistently shooting themselves in the foot. It was it was bad. And then you look at the penalty numbers, and oh, there you go. 
11 penalties for 85 yards. So I thought the offensive line actually held up fairly well considering who they were playing against. I thought Jeff Thomas emerged as a star. I'm concerned about Amon Richards. I thought it was really interesting that Holly Rowe mentioned that he had tweaked the hamstring in camp. Uh, That was mentioned early, uh, but I think we were all under the impression that he had come back and he was 100% going... Very clearly he is not, and that's a real concern going forward. But I think there are elements of this team. DJ Dallas, Travis Homer showed some things. I I thought the the running game looked good against a really good rush defense. So there were some positives there. But, man, you got to figure out the quarterback situation. And what I'm curious to see this week, by the way, this suspension of Nikosi Perry, this was not something that was just decided within the last couple of days. That's my gut feel. I don't think it obviously was not announced until up until game time, until everybody traveled um, and he wasn't going. Uh, I'm curious to see if the depth chart changes a little bit once he is back eligible to play. And I wonder if maybe part of the reason why it was never given any sort of thought. If this, if whatever happened that led to this suspension happened a long time ago, then obviously it makes sense that Rick uh, names Rozier the starter and he goes into game one. I'm curious to see if there's more of a competition going forward because we were led to believe that this was not close. And if what Rozier showed on Sunday night is the best that the Canes are going to put out there at quarterback this season, then I think you're looking at a more likely scenario where they go nine and three, eight and four, then 10 and two, 11 and one. Yeah, that's what scares me. I mean, what scares me is the idea like everybody, when you turn on sports talk or listen to other podcasts, which you should only listen to this podcast, obviously, but uh, people are going to be beaten up on Malik Rozier. And. He did not play well. I'm not I'm not defending that he played well because he didn't. He missed opportunities. He held on to the ball for too long. But what had been overwhelming between Malik Rozier last year, who started 10-0, and and Malik Rozier, who finished 0-3, and the summer, what had overwhelmed me over the summer, just in listening to it and watching practice video and all the conversations you heard around the program was – he was clearly the number one dude. Yes. He was a senior. He was the guy. He was a leader. He was going to show these young players. There's a lot of young guys we're counting on, but he has the experience. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy at the end of last year. But listen, any quarterback, any quarterback who leads the University of Miami to a 10-0 record, beats Notre Dame, destroys Notre Dame on national television, beats Florida State, for the first time since 2009, has some respect for me mm-hmm. and has maybe the benefit of the doubt that, look, Mark Richt is in the winning business, okay? Mark Richt is not doing anybody any favors. Mark Richt is not putting any quarterback out there because he's a nice guy. Or Mark Richt is not putting any quarterback out there because he's a senior. I mean, if you look at who Mark Richt, when he went to school, he didn't start. Do you see who he sat behind? Okay, he understands better than anybody that this program at the University of Miami, the best quarterback goes on the field. And the best quarterback that the University of Miami rolled out on Sunday night put his team in a 33-3 to hole? I mean, and that that's just a fact. What? And Nikosi Perry, I don't know what he did. I don't know what he did because the team chose to not disclose whatever what, – what, I won't even speculate what happened. The bottom line is he was unable to start for his team. Whatever happened, he let his team down because there was no plan B. Cade Weldon stood there 
and gave the signs and looked about as ready to go into that football game as I did. Okay, so and, and that doesn't mean Cade's not going to be good. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Cade. I don't know if it's going to be Jaron Williams. I don't know if it's going to be Nikosi Perry. I know that on Sunday night on national television, Malik Rozier changed his name. It used to be Malik Rozier 12 hours ago. Now it's Malik Rozier. I'm still getting used to it. And he was really bad. He, he did not have a good performance. He would tell you he didn't have a good performance. Um, is his season over? No. Is his career over? No. And for me, I'm sorry. Personally, I have a little bit of gratitude for the 10 wins last season, for being the quarterback when the, when it became relevant. It is football, as much as we want to just go, the quarterback stinks, that's the answer. Football is a more complex game than that. There were a lot of mistakes that the University of Miami made. I was convinced until until Rozier threw the pick six in the second quarter to put Miami down 27-3, to three, until that play happened, there was a part of me, and I was tweeting on my social media, that, uh, that was thinking, man, I, I, Miami's just not playing smart. Yep. If they just compose themselves, I feel like they have the types of athletes who can compete. It is not like LSU is some sort of dominant force. It was just like a, a sandwich of stupidity that just kept rolling downhill. I mean, first possession of the game, LSU, Miami does a beautiful job to strip the ball. First possession of the game, ball on the ground, okay? Oh, my, you're about to see the new turnover chain, the first possession of the game. All you got to do is recover that fumble. Every play on Sunday night that was like that, that was one of those 50-50, it's either going to go Miami's way or not going to go Miami's way, did not go Miami's way. Some of that's bad luck, but a lot of that is on the players. I mean, the ball is on the ground, and the idea that I am wearing a turnover chain t-shirt and I still might have have not seen the 2018 turnover chain is very, very, very frustrating, especially given that early in the game with an opportunity, Miami didn't do it few things to get to with that. But first, our sponsor, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. And I promise you, there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke, Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium. Pembroke Pines. I'll hit these real quickly. Mark Richt has shown that he is willing to pull Malik Rozier out of the game because he is performing poorly. I think on Sunday night, he did not have a backup that he was confident in to put him out there. Um, What I find really interesting going forward is something that LSU defensive coordinator Dave Aranda told to the broadcasters of this ball game, and I thought it was really eye-opening. He said, Miami has no intermediate passing game. You do not hear a defensive coordinator in pregame week leading up to uh, media sessions with the broadcasters be that wide open. Not with not with information that he's willing to let on to the public. You know, obviously you're going to have little things that you'll tell te- tell broadcasters to say, hey, all right, we got this trick play, but don't let it out. Little things like that to give them a little insight and and allow them to know that something might be coming. Coaches are willing to let that on. But to say something game plan-wise that you know the other team does not have an intermediate passing game, that's enormous. And I think it. what I'm curious about is that because Mark Rick doesn't have it in his playbook 
or is it because Malik Rozier cannot make those throws? And I think that's a really important distinction going forward. And trust me, if Dave Aranda knows that, I guarantee you Bud Foster knows that. I guarantee you every defensive coordinator the rest of this season knows that. And if you don't need to tell your linebackers to worry about that short to intermediate passing game, it really changes how you choose to defend the the opposing team. When I hear you say that, I think of two words. Braxton Berrios. Yeah, but I, I, and, I think— And it's just, for me, but like— this is, but, but Aranda only had 2017 film to go on. No, and, I understand that. Berrios. I, I, and, but I think he said, man, if eight isn't there, yeah. <laughs> then who are they going to throw the ball to in the middle of the field? You know, Michael Irvin Jr., another guy who in camp was coming on strong, and instead you end up starting two freshmen at tight end. But again, the two freshmen who were in tight end looked open. They looked open. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's the throw. Man. Jordan I mean, was wide. I mean, open. Jordan's running down the middle of the field. I, I, I don't know what else he can do uh, to procure the football, but uh, it made me. I definitely thought about Braxton Berrios on Sunday night. Obviously, he's a senior, but I thought about his leadership. I thought about the way he sort of would gather the team, make a big play. They needed somebody to make a play. Yeah. They needed somebody to make an impact play. The Canes had 17 points in about. No impact plays. Yeah, I mean th- that game. That game was never in doubt. No. The seven. The 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 Canes comeback. I don't want Canes fans to be too emboldened by because I felt, and it wasn't even a comeback. They were down by sixteen with with garbage time in the fourth quarter. It was more LSU took their foot off the gas once once they went up twenty seven to three at the half. I I feel like LSU slowed down. I just feel like the opportunities, the big opportunities, were early. Miami early in that game could have and should have made some plays, could have and should have had an impact on that game. And LSU never felt them. LSU, I mean, it was just, it was, it was just so funny to me because Miami came out, it was almost like when Tyson would come out for a fight. The idea that before the game they were jawing and just, just. I, I felt like this team maybe had turned like a swag corner, you know, and it's it, it and and this was really a chance to do it. And so now the challenge becomes getting Malik Rozier right. I think that's definitely part of it or finding someone who can do the job better. But also, I just think the mentality of the team has to to, to refocus and to sort of figure out you know, who they are and what they're going to do. Because last year they came out and they just made a statement. I mean, they made a 10-game statement. They came out and and it wasn't just wins. They were building a program. They had everything going. And now they got their indoor practice facility. They're, you know, you hear nothing but that they're killing it on the recruiting trail. And so all this positive momentum, a 10-win season, the Orange Bowl. And if this year they take a step back, oh, man, this sort of disappointment on Sunday's are usually reserved for the Dolphins. Yeah, well, you mentioned, by the way, uh, trying to refocus and get going. Remember two years ago, it was a four-game losing streak. And then last year, you had the three-game losing streak to end the season, and and there has been historically, I'd say over the last, what, eight, nine years, when things start to go south, the Hurricanes have a real problem getting it back going in the right direction. And, they had and how many months did they have? They had nine months to get ready yeah. for this game. I mean, it's this this wasn't a breaking game. They had they had nine months. They had spring ball. They had the bad taste in their mouth. They said all the right things. We're regrouping. I mean, ev- everything pointed towards them coming out and being prepared and having good energy. You know what? I, I really feel like that was part of it. I know this seems strange, but it felt like they had all this frenetic 
energy. Like, I don't think being psyched was the problem. I think they were so psyched. Yeah. I think they were level 10 yeah. out of 10 psyched. I just think they didn't know what to do with it. I agree. They didn't focus it. So instead of using all that energy to create good plays, they used that energy to make mistakes, yep. to hold, to hit the guy late, to flip over the wall of the punter, which I'd never seen in my life, well. to... to I mean, just we just, could we could do a whole forty-five just minute strange, podcast on just just strange, rules. strange decisions. I, I, I mean, yes, uh, Jeff Thomas looked great. DJ Dallas looked interesting. Homer and him might make a good one-two punch. I I think there are little signs that you can take, but man, I had those signs going in. Like I I I thought I thought DJ Dallas was a good player. I thought I thought uh, that Green was fast. I thought that that Ahmad Richards would be healthy. I mean, he he he. One catch, nine yards. Yeah, and I'm not, not, even, about, not even on the field. That's I, a problem. I'm concerned about that. So I, wrap this up real quick with some some positives going forward. No. Je- <laughs> so I'll Angry. just do it. I'll just do it, and then I'll end this thing. <laughs> Jeff Thomas, really, really good. Oh, Jeff, Jeff really Green. Good, really good. Yeah, Look I was at wondering me. where you were going. I was trying to, trying to Green. No, I, you should correct it. Yeah, I'm thinking of Yatiel Green <laughs> when the Canes were really, really good. Uh, really good. Virginia and, Te- wasn't it Virginia Tech at the half that Yatiel Green had that great catch? Was it Virginia Tech? I just remember Yatiel Green in the sure. orange. Bowl right before the half. I know this is very random, but it's one of my favorite. It's one of the rare Canes who became a Dolphin. Didn't do anything for the Dolphins. Yeah. But Yatiel Green was like nine feet tall. They threw a Hail Mary to him in the end zone in the Orange Bowl. Open end of the end zone. Pretty sure it was against could Virginia Tech. So in your face. Very well could have been. Very there, well I feel better. There you go. Hey, I, I'm not saying anything until after Monday night. But um, <laughs> Smart Je- man. Jeff Thomas really impressed. Um, I, I'll tell you what. The, unfortunately, it gets lost. Gerald Willis played one heck of a ball game and it was a shame that he had the ball carrier on fourth down he had his ankle and couldn't bring him down that play could have changed the game but he made so many big plays and my big takeaway in this you played a big bad sec team my big positive takeaway in this since we're trying to end this thing on a positive you played a big bad sec team and i think you more than held your own on both lines and that's the one thing that i think if you had gone into this and said okay lsu has the advantage where it would be on both lines. And I, di- I did not feel like Miami was overwhelmed. And, and frankly, I don't even know that they were outplayed on the lines. And I think that bodes really well going through the rest of the season. So there, I'm I'm being positive. I'm trying to balance out the, the negative fanboy that is sitting across from I, me right now. I, listen, I am admitting to some negative fanboydom. But I am also saying that the people who are crushing Malik Rozier, it is not just him. And I put it on the guys behind him. How did you not beat him out? If the, if if Sunday if Sunday night was a reflection of what Malik Rozier can bring to the University of Miami in 2018, and those other guys couldn't even sniff the field, one of them couldn't even get on the plane. That's not on him. It's not his fault that he was because Mark Richt is not in this to lose he is going to start the quarterback who he thinks gives him the best chance to win that it is Malik Rozier or Rozier or whatever you want to call him that that that's the that that is the guy boy that's that's the thought that's the thought that I'm going to be tossing and turning about tonight and going that's a problem we need need Dwayne Wade to come back you think he's going to do it on Monday? I hope so. so. Someday this week. All right. Thank you, Tavira Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you, sad Dookie Lang, there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. 
The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium in Pembroke Pines. I'm sorry, Dookie. So I'm my, sorry, Canes fans. My mom was wearing a turnover chain shirt on her birthday. Well, L- a lot up to her of birthday. season left, guys. A lot of season she'll, she'll, left. She'll still be there for the opener yeah, next week. Come so. on. Come yeah. on. Lots of season left. Put your chin up. Can't wait to see positive. the turnover chain. That'll be nice. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to see that before my next birthday, which is in May. So thanks for hanging, guys. Sad. <laughs>